This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, with me as almost always are Dave and Barnabas. Guys, we are still in the magic city. Magical city. Yeah, thank you to KB Hoyle, Karen, for 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 educating us. Yes, she gave us a nickname the magic for city. this. Because I, I always heard it was just Steel City, because the whole yeah. Birmingham, England, and, and here. Uh, and so but there's a whole with Pittsburgh. Well, the, there's absolutely, a whole lot of but steel this cities, is, though. This is like Steel Town in the South. That, that's that's right. Birmingham. So, but it's Magic City. So much better. So much more fun. So much. Less real. I know. I'm a like, little, wait a minute. What's happening? In my my brief tours of Birmingham, I'm, doesn't feel magical to me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I would say we this. haven't found anyone with a pot of gold. That's that's certainly no. true. No, no, pot. Yes, no gold. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yes. Speaking speaking of pot, by the way, I was in New York uh, for the book <laughs> conference for Book Expo, and uh, oh man, New York. It's just I, is is marijuana legal there now? I don't know because man, so many people smoking weed in the streets, but also it's it's weed, garbage, and hot dogs. Like it's some like mixture of in New smell. York. In New York, right? Yeah, that's like that's the street smell. But it's wow. so much more weed now. Which I, was I think they. With. I think it's legalized. In okay. like in a certain capacity, like they have like weed trucks, you know those like food trucks. Yes, I've seen weed, weed yes. trucks. Which I thought, wow. am I in Denver or something? Like, what is going on? But it was Washington, uh, Washington, exactly. Pretty much most Portland. more states than yeah, I know. But it, it just yeah. kind of surprised me. Not many in the southeast. Nope. No, no, no legal weed here. Nope. No, 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 not at all. But. Um, where are we going with that? Oh, just the smell. So Birmingham, I do like Birmingham more, only because I'm just seeing more of it now. Sure. Man, it's a hilly city, too. It is. It's one other bit. Um, yeah. There's some nice views. Boy, I we're just really stretching. I like the city. It has hills. <laughs> I've got some nice views from our hotel. And does okay. it have a nice personality, too, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. It's charming. It's oh, well, I'm not going to bother. All right. <laughs> it's, it's, so, such a, it's a really sweet city. I'm trying to say really a nice sweet. thing about a town I haven't spent a lot of time in. Uh, I, I'm ready to go for other reasons. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> it's just exhausting here. But, uh, sure. But mm-hmm. I'm sure for those who live here, they seem to like it. And yeah. that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of construction going on. So it feels, it feels a little bit like home, like Nashville. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I will say that the... Um, the work-related reason that we are here is less frustrating because it's only a two and a half hour drive home. So that's kind absolutely of nice. yeah, yes. yeah. So, but that's not what we're talking about today. Instead, guys, I wanted to share with you a little bit of poetry. We're gonna do a poetry reading. We're gonna do a poetry reading right oh, here. Yes. All right. <laughs> Speak to my soul, Aaron. This Dude. is a poem called "Separation." You can have the CDs. I will take the string. 
You can have the TV. I'll take this fuzzy thing. You can have the kitchen set. I will take this crumbled foil. You can have the car. I will keep this rug eye soil. You can have the beach house. I will take this tissue box. You can have everything. Ooh, I want those dirty socks. You can go to I will see to that. For how dare you come home smelling of another cat. This is from a poetry book called I Could Pee On This and Other Poems by Cats. And this is something that we that I found especially for our friend Dave Schrader. Cat Lady Dave. <laughs> also, that was the worst poem I've ever heard. It was, was terrible. And also, I think the term is nadir. I think that means low point. I believe that would be the nadir of this it's, podcast. It's rough. It's rough. It can only go up from here. Damn, what is this? So De- Devin one day left a cat book on my desk. You guys are doing this now. I feel so much love. I know. You've earned it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know Devin listens like, to the podcast. So, No, this is before that. Oh, okay. But uh, but still, nevertheless, I, I love that you guys give me these gifts. This, this, this makes it so much more special. But here's the thing. All right, notice if you could see the picture, and you most definitely have to put this in the show notes. Oh, absolutely. Including the poem. Um, there's a cat... <laughs> Uh, who is sitting on a, a it's, it's little paws on a book. There's a typewriter, an mm-hmm. old typewriter, and uh, leather-bound old books behind the cat. So, to my point, cats are... Uh, when book covers are at their best <laughs> when they're described. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank Man. you for that, Dave. <laughs> I'm just captivated right now. <laughs> So uh, we're we're in competition for the worst podcast episode ever. It really is. So just of any podcast. When we were talking about what we wanted to talk about, um, (laughs) it it really kind of came with. So Barnabas uh, tweeted out the love that I offered and a six thirty walk. In the morning, when I was walking my dog, I texted him. I'm finally listening to an episode I was not a part of. And it opens up. You were uninvited. I was not uninvited. I was in a meeting I couldn't get out and you guys started. And I told you, to your credit, I I told you guys, go ahead and roll. Do an episode. Right. I prefer to think of you as uninvited. Yeah. (laughs) Can I finish that sentence? (laughs) Me what? No, this is, no, no. So on that episode, we expressed some well-argued, well-reasoned, uh, and statements true. and yes, and are, yeah, inarguably yeah. true yeah. statements about really garbage '90s and early 2000s music. Yep. And Dave took umbrage with this and decided to berate me about it via text message at 6:30 in the morning. To which I felt that uh, that is not what real friends do. Can't you get 15 seconds of that? Nope. Oh, man, the worst. <laughs> also, the song sucks. Yeah, most importantly, that. All right, here's the deal. Um, my point to all this is Dave Matthews Band is a jam band at the end of the day, and I get why people don't like Dave Matthews Band. I like, I still would say I like Dave Matthews Band because they're nostalgic. They make me remember high school and what I liked about that time period. Okay, so I'm just going to roll with that first. I hated I, them in high school. So, all right. I so didn't what hate I was, high school. I hated them in high school. I need to go back to what I was texting you guys, which you guys 
cannot. <laughs> I can't really repeat this thing. No, <laughs> this also makes for great radio. Now we're reading text messages. <laughs> Shall I also read the ingredients on your water bottle? Oh, water. <laughs> great. Get that back. I'm thirsty. Purified water, calcium chloride, sodium bicarbonate, magnesium sulfate. It's not you know, just water. That's I feel right. this need. That was a better poem than that I one that I read. I feel this need no, to defend cats and um, bands of the 90s for some reason. Even though I just, all right, so Even I can't they're remember. they're both insufferable bags. No, what, what's, what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's really funny is that I, I legitimately had not listened to Dave Management for a long time until you guys texted <laughs> that. And then I put it on the playlist, like, and my girls are like, girls, you got to listen to this band I used to listen to back in the day. <laughs> See, when I do that, my yeah. kids are like, that's actually pretty good. But I, you know, I listened to I can not do, Dave Matthews. I can do band. that with '90s country with my kids. I cannot do it with what I actually you listen to '90s country. I listened so like Garth Brooks. I was more of an Alan Jackson fan, but yes, still am an Alan Jackson fan. But I mostly listened to '90s and early 2000s hip hop, and then a lot of well, jazz yes. and blues. Yeah. But you can't play the 90s and early 2000s hip hop for your kids quite as readily. No, you cannot. <laughs> Dad, what are they telling me to back up? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. You're supposed to move and get out of the way. What, what, is, the, what, what, what is that that he, he wants with his juice? No, what is Why that? are they riding on our enemies? What's happening here? <laughs> we don't have any enemies. Not until you hit high school, kids. Not until you hit high school. Say you're a middle school girl. Everybody's your enemy. That's true. That's true. There's no one who hates it. Who knows how to destroy a li- the life of a middle school girl than another you middle also school took, girl. You took umbrage with our take on Coldplay as well, but I don't remember why. I think I just was lumping them together at okay. that point. I just That's felt fair. Like, I felt yeah. like it was... You know, uh, they all yeah. gave me a headache. I was, yeah. They... Um, all right, so I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm fessing up. I, I saw Coldplay in their first tour in the United States, and it was like 99, 2000. So sure. it was, uh, it was good. I enjoyed my my time, right. you know, at a Coldplay concert. <laughs> was there any lighters involved? The waving over the head. Absolutely. I mean, that yeah. was pre pre having your Why cell did you phone screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you using it for when you weren't waving at a concert? Those were the types of concerts where people smoke weed. I can just say that right now. <laughs> there were a lot. It was a lot of like, hey, I'm I work on State Street in Chicago, yeah. and I, yeah. uh, you know, I'm okay. Like now, Dave, was that, Dave, was that your first now conference? your experience at the Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> it's the same. Lies. <laughs> that is a pile of steaming lies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to take this like this is a point this of view. This is the point I wanted to get <laughs> yeah. you to. Yes. You now feel ashamed no. for defending them. Like, why are we no. doing this? What no, are I, no. I, I, Meanwhile, our listeners are wondering why are we still listening to this? Why? When are we going to talk about both? Don't care. This is the worst. Yep. This is the worst music. All right. All right. So. I did pull up on Spotify. There is, a, you know, they have the this is fill in the blanks name that the sure. playlist. I don't recognize like two thirds of these songs. Like they they have written a lot of songs apparently, and that I have never listened to. But I, to my credit, look at you can go check out my Spotify playlist. I've listened to pretty much only anything in the past. There are I'll say there are a few songs I like in the last few years. I've gone through and I've listened to a few. But uh, why are we still talking about this? 
I don't know. I don't Why know. are we? Gosh. All right. Um, what should we be talking about, guys? Yeah, we should be talking about Nostalgia. Something. The books that make you, you feel like book, you miss an era. Well, you went to a book convention in New York. What, yeah, tell us about that. Like weed. Let's tell us about that. Not quite as much smell like weed. Not quite as much like weed as the No, but our last. So, okay. So, before we were in the Magic City, our last episode, you were telling us that you were really excited to go about this and uh, go to this sh- this event. Yeah, tell us about it. Every year, all right, so there's this event in New York called Book Expo America, BEA. Now, it is basically the time when everyone in the industry of book publishers gets together. Uh, you heard Karen in the last episode refer to the big five. She's talking about the big five publishers in New York. Mm-hmm. Those ones like um, Hachette and uh, HarperCollins and Penguin Random House and so on. As opposed and to the big three in Nashville. This was the big, yeah. <laughs> or big two. Something like that, yeah. But um, but no, so it, it, it's really fun. You know, I'm going there representing our organization we work for, which is great. And it's, it's, it's fun. But I always go there... And you get to interact with booksellers, librarians, everyone who just loves books. Like, have you ever been just in a place where, let's let's, let's say there's a genre of book you love, or just something you love, period. It's just enthusiasts. And it's, everyone just believes, no matter how hard this industry is, and it's hard. I mean, it's, it's tough to mm-hmm. survive as being a publisher because of the variety of other things to do than read right now. And so you've got all these people who are basically together saying, even though things are hard, it's worth it. It's worth fighting for books and finding a financial model of how to uh, stay solvent as publishers and how to, from like a, how to create a groundswell around a book, like just seeing people lining up just to get an advanced copy of a middle reader fiction graphic novel for kids. Like it's funny, like not even to meet the author, just to get the advanced reader copy of it. I mean, I literally, I was one of those in line too. We we would take breaks and, you know, we'd go pick up things and I loaded up for my girls and it was, and then you just have authors who we know hanging out, you know, just ones that you've been reading for years and you think like, wow, they just seem like just normal people. And, but they just care about reading. And that's what's so fun about right. it. But it's, you know, it's one of those where it's also like a lot of conventions, like back in the day, there were probably 25,000 people there at it, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's probably, I don't know, right. 10,000. They do this thing called BookCon over the weekend where they invite in the public. But the things that the public gets excited about, it seems to be like whenever a celebrity comes in and has a memoir or something, sure. it's fine. But um, it's also, um, but like at the end of the day, Mainly like it allows you to feel judgmental towards the public because you're like, ugh, that drove. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, that's what well, I take away. No, from it. but there were others. You know, there were other people who were there. What's I, I forget how to say her name? Who's in? Um, Black Panther, uh, Nyong'o, I forget. What I know who you're talking about. She has a children's book. And, yeah. and what I loved is she wrote the children's book at, I forget the name of it, but it's a, but she just kept saying like, I grew up in Africa, where she grew up and saying there's lots of children's books that are given me. She, she didn't, when you, when you think of Africa, unfortunately you're thinking of a lot of poverty. She didn't grow up in that instance, but she was given a lot of books, but none of them were like of kids, of kids books who looked like her. Right. There right. were a lot of American and British and other ones like that that were given a, to her. A lot, blonde, a lot of blonde kids. Yes, yeah. exactly. And like all of our Bible story books growing up. Absolutely. Well, sweet yes. Jesus. I'll take your word for it. I didn't have one. 
blue-eyed Jesus. Um, but uh, with his golden diaper. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. No, but but just hearing her just saying, "Listen, listen, there's a void here. I need to create it for the future. This future generation that I'm raising as a mother, as well as just people in general." So, I, I to me, that's energizing. I all, every year I go and I feel energized, and I'm, I'm grateful for my boss because she knows I don't have to go but she knows of all the conferences like this is what gets him excited um which says something about other ones <laughs> but uh, no it's just I mean maybe like the like, one we're at right now yeah books which are kind you of know, the opposite you know. no but you know I'll say this even the conference we're at that shouldn't be named man it's it's real people are very excited about books I mean it's it's the most excited I've seen in seven years going to this which is Interesting, uh, and they're all nonfiction books, but still, well, yeah. is, that, they need all that. You know, there's there's every year or two, there's a story that comes out about sort of like the death of the publishing industry, the decline of whatever. It's all garbage. Yeah, like models go away, but publishing isn't going away. So, and books aren't going away. In fact, I think more books are sold per year now than, I mean, and it's been, a, it's been a steady increase every year for the last several. I mean, more books now, they're, it's, it's more competitive than ever because yeah. like you said, there's so many more options of books, kinds of books, where to get books, digital books, et cetera. But, yeah. but people read more now than they ever have. They, they read differently. Like when we had Karen Swallow Pryor on, we talked about sort of like the, the long form paying attention. Yes. You know, people like shorter books or they like different kinds of books, but like when a really good novel comes out, people will sit down and like they'll stay up all night to read a great novel. Right. People will knock that stuff out. Yeah. We really should talk about, uh, I know, I don't know how much your audience is going to care, but like the history of just publishing in general, which is fascinating. Like just do like a breakdown episode because uh, go back to the depression, not yeah. our great recession of 10 years ago, which of 2008, was yeah, yeah. the housing bubble recession as opposed to the, right. the black Versus closet. people legitimately. Yeah. Black, Thursday. black Thursday, 1929, right. et cetera. But yep. what happened was fascinating during that period was, okay, so yeah, you've got an economy that collapsed. Books, here's what happened with books on, which is fascinating. So today what happens with publishers is they sell books and let's just say Barnes and Noble. They, yeah. they sell books to Barnes and Noble on kind of a consignment level. All right. So basically it means is Barnes and Noble is going to buy a bunch of them. And if they don't sell them over a period of time, they're just going to ship them back to, um, to the publisher. Correct. Um, if they don't sell them and we're charged for that as well. So that didn't really start happening until around the depression timeframe. So here's like, here's the thing that's devastating the economy, yet there had to be a deal worked out between publishers and retailers to say, how do we help stay in business? Because basically just book a, a retailer would have to just, a bookstore would have to buy books in the publisher and they, they'd, it was on them to sell them, yeah. to sell them through to the, to the customer. And so that wasn't always like that. And so basically they, came up with a deal to where say, hey, we'll sell these on consignment now. But what that did for innovation was it allowed more books to be written and have a chance to get a new bookstore. Because think about it, what if the bookstore just didn't have enough room for more books? So now they then have the opportunity to send back books that aren't selling yep. and bring in ones that have a potential to sell. Yeah. So there's a situation where you could say, oh man, everything's falling apart, everything's terrible, but now we have the opportunity to give other books a chance. So yeah. I don't know. That that's, It's fun when you look at the history of book selling. And, and I'll tell you this, man, working in publishing, 
There's nothing that annoys me more. All right, so I'm gonna go back to the 90s for a second. I did not work in publishing in the 90s. I was in high school um, mm-hmm. for the, most of that in college. But uh, but it's like when someone says, oh, you know, back in 90, you know, whatever, you know, when we had 20,000 at this convention and we were selling, we were printing money, basically on these books. Like, well, there wasn't a lot of competition for books, you know, at that yeah. time. There was nothing right. electronic that yeah. you had. And it was just easy. There was a very simple funnel to get a book into someone's hands. You know, you just knew the only place to get a book was go to Barnes and Noble or books. Borders or, or Walden, right. or Walden any, books in the mall. Or any number of Christian chains that existed at the time that no right. longer do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It just, to me, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. That just seemed easier to me. And I'm, I'm sure it had different challenges, but for the most part, yeah. it seems well, easier. It, competition always disrupts things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so do like so does new methodology. Like there's always disruptors yeah. that come in. So Amazon came in and turned the book selling industry upside down. Yeah. Um, and before that, I mean, I remember when I got into publishing sales in 2005, Chris, CBD, Christian booksellers is a, is a cataloger. Yeah. So they would send out multiple catalogs. They still do this, but they weren't doing major web business at that point. Mm-hmm. They were doing mostly catalog yeah. business, but they were selling books at 20, 30, 40, 50% off. And we would get smaller retailers who would call us at the publishing company furious. How do they get that kind of a deal? And you're like, well, this is how business works. You can order four copies of this and you get this discount. They can order 400 of this, which means they get a different discount, especially because they promise not to return them. So we give (laughs) them those kinds of things. And and it just, it breaks, it breaks down these, these simple industries. It basically, a few publishers had a, it was kind of a functional um, monopoly on the industry for a long time. Yeah. And that, so they could price a certain way, they could sell through certain channels, they just sort of made everything happen. It also means authors got paid like gangbusters, mm-hmm. like the advances and everything, because they knew that there was much more guarantee. If we acquire a book, we know we can sell tens of thousands. Now, if we acquire a book, we hope we can sell tens, 10,000, yeah. you know, in some cases, or yeah. tens of thousands. Yeah. But but we don't pay like it and it's no guarantee and it feels like a gamble. So right. just a totally different industry now. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, I often wonder like, yeah, what is, you know, what's it look like 10 years down the road, 50 years down the road? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, there will still be publishers. Yeah, absolutely. There will be, you know, distribution channels. I think the next yeah. big question for publishers is what, it, what happens? Who's going to disrupt Amazon? What does that look like? Because right now, Amazon just governs the industry. They're, they're running right. the board right now. Yeah. They're yeah. saying like, okay, there's blood in the water and it's time to run it. Yeah. 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 And they are doing that. And and you know what? And something like, oh, they're evil Amazon. I'm like, no, they're just, they're doing what you do in business, which you're saying it's about They might be greedy, but they're not evil. Right. Yeah. They're just, just business. It's yeah. just business. They, when, it's when market you, share and yep. they're trying to When you find a way to make all the money, you make all the money. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that seems yeah. like good business. I know, and also someone's saying like, "Well, they don't care about books." I'm like, you know, you're right. They probably don't care that much about books, but they right. do care about customer information to get you as a consistent customer to come and buy um, toilet paper while you're getting that book. Yeah, I mean, or, it's, or to recommend yeah. books appropriately. So if you have bought yes. five books from there, they have they've gained a significant amount of data on the kind yeah. of things that you enjoy. I mean, and for me, yeah. I probably bought. 500 books from Amazon yeah. over the last several years, which, yeah. means, which means they ought to be able to recommend a book to me that's almost pinpoint. The only question is whether or not I've read it already. Yeah. You know, right. like yeah. they, 
And that, yeah. to, in a sense, that's sort of yeah. automated customer service. Like I trust Amazon's recommendations almost as like more than I would somebody who works at Barnes and Noble and loves books. If I right. walked in Bar- into Barnes and Noble and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a mystery. What's a great mystery? Mm-hmm. You should check this one. I'm like, I don't know this person. Yeah. Why would I trust their taste? Yeah. That's insane. Like 55 year old woman says this is a great mystery. She might be right or she might love a book that I hate. Yeah. Amazon knows exactly what I like and is like, no, no, you really would like this yeah, one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're Right, but, right. but here's the but I mean here's also the danger of that is is the more like the more accurate that that Amazon can get the more risk that you start existing within an echo chamber of books you only start oh, reading yeah. a certain kind yeah. of book yeah and that's definitely true and it and it, it shrinks your perspective it shrinks your awareness yep um, and it, yeah, that's, that's for sure true. I'm not super worried about that with me because no. I like reading a thousand different kinds of things. Sure. But I think for, it's very common for people already to be like, oh, I only like, I only read romance novels. I only read theology. Yeah. I only read whatever. And I mean, if you only read one thing, well, you, you're your own worst enemy at that point. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think that's where there's, um, there's a kind of power that comes in with the, with the community to bring this all together. Yeah. The community aspect that, you know, you're talking about at, um, at the, the publishing convention um, that you're going to. Like, that's an actual community. It's people who love books and they just love the snot out of these things yeah. and almost to the degree that it doesn't matter what it is they just love being mm-hmm. around yeah. books like uh, there's a there's a little just a little video clip of Keanu Reeves of all people talking about how why does he make movies because he loves movies he loves making movies he's found his career renaissance playing a hitman who you know is wooden as all get out but that's because that's his lane. Look, John, that's, that's yeah. the, John Wick, lane. the John Wick movies are money. They're so fun. Oh, I'm you sure like that them? they're tons I've of fun. I've never watched any of them, really. Okay. You don't watch them with your kids. Yeah. Sure, well, they're, but they're great. You know. Okay. But I mean, I mean, he's always going to be, you know, Ted Logan to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. it, it, yeah, his, his career so has been fascinating. But guys, yeah. I'm really looking forward to, just as a side note, I'm looking forward to, in a bizarre way, um, Bill and Ted Save the Music, which actually comes out on my birthday next year. And uh, and so that's just going to be fun oh, for me. Oh, now people know your mm-hmm. birthday. That's true. That's true. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with, with who I am. You and I have different stances on I understand that. <laughs> but... Um, but, but I mean, there there is an important element here that... Um, there are communities that, that crop up around the things we love. Um, I mean, there's there's uh, this this industry conference in mm-hmm. in New York, but then there's this other thing where it's it's this mix of the industry and the fandom. Like San Diego Comic Con um, is an example of that, and it's not just it's not it's primary. It started around comic books, but it's blown up into other forms of publishing, movies, all of these kinds of things. Right. Um, what is it about us that makes us want to seek out other people? And I mean, there's people who listen to this kind of podcast, for goodness sake, yeah. um, and interact with our nonsense well, on Twitter. I, mean, I think and it's, if, if you enjoy something, now doing it with strangers is a little bit odd to me, but like, 
there's still something more enjoyable to me about going to a theater to watch a movie by myself, but in a room of people who are enjoying it rather than like just sitting on the couch. Not every time, but sometimes. Sure. Yeah. I, I love comedy. Yeah. I don't like comedy by myself. Because oh, absolutely. laughing with somebody else is way more enjoyable. Like getting enjoyment out of their enjoyment is way more enjoyable. And then when it's a nerd culture thing, yep. being like, oh, this is like, there's a crew of us, especially yeah. for, so like Comic-Con is, is whatever, 30, 40,000 people now. It used yeah. to be super subculture-y. It which sure was. That, that was a place for people to find sort of acceptance and identity. Whereas yeah. now like. Everybody, like you could walk down the street dressed like one. Like either yeah. you could walk down the street dressed like Wonder Woman, and people would be like, "Totally normal." Not that there's anything wrong with that kind of yeah. thing. So that that's changed. But yeah, just being okay. There's an energy around being with people who love similar things. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always think of that uh, old SNL sketch William Shatner at the Star Trek convention. <laughs> oh yes, the the. <laughs> I'll tell you. Get a life. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's yeah. like, look at you. When's, when you, when's the first time you kissed a girl? And he's, it's John Lovitz. Like, aw. John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Lovitz is a funny man. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. But no, no, you're, you're, you're right about the community aspect because uh, I, um, there is something about when well, you love something and you want to share it with another. Um, I used, We used to have this is my early 20s days we used to have big Lebowski parties um, <laughs> no, I guess I can that's share like, that that's just like your opinion I know man. I know I mean Sorry. I can probably quote the entire movie um, but like I've watched that so many times also on my own and it's just it's not there I mean I can yeah. enjoy it but I think I'm thinking about my friends and the experience we had appreciating this right. movie sure. from college and on and uh and that is like, that's why people go to Jimmy Buffett concerts. That's why people go clearly to other. Not. It's clearly not for the music. Right. Yeah. It's not, well, yeah, I know. And everyone's got a version of that. They want to experience something together. Sure. Books are fascinating though, because I do, I, I, I'm grateful for you guys in many ways, but also because we can actually talk about books. Like my yeah. wife, there's some books she didn't care about. There's a lot that she does, but also no. The books we're reading, we can have an outlet to also share, okay, how do we really feel about it? When it's, books are a unique one too because the experience of enjoying them is 95% solitary. Yes, it it's is. It's something you do by yourself. It's something you do to escape from other people. Like yeah. if you're, you know, yeah. it's super relaxing when your kids have been up and obnoxious and loud and whatever and they go to bed and like you sort of collapse with a book for a while. Like that's like, it's sort of a, a total, yes. this is me and this yes. book and nobody else and whatever. But... To then find somebody who enjoys the same book, it's like that. C.S. Lewis has a quote, you know, where kind of friendship starts when it, you find you have that like, oh, you too, you too moment. Yes. And I mean, that's yes. sort of what he discovered with the Inklings was yeah. people who they loved classic literature, they loved mythology, they loved philosophy and theology yeah. and art, and yes. just and story yes. and poetry, and like they just had all these things. Yes. And we lack that, uh, even you know, so. Social media allows us to share everything, but how many people, like when was the last time we, you know, outside of this podcast that we kind of had the context of we just going to sit down and be like, dig into a book that we love and really hash it out with somebody else. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing I think people want, but don't have. And the closest we get is sort of these shared celebrations of something. I know. And and I wonder if, uh, you know, some people who maybe don't read as much, they 
they don't have they don't have that outlet. I mean, if they're I mean, mm-hmm. social media, fair enough. I'm sure I'm reading this, whatever. I have no problem with that. I mean, I think there's a way to brag about it. I'm probably guilty of that too. But um, I would like to be known for reading this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, I'm just share. I mean, I, I feel like I jump around a little bit more now. But uh, but where I was going, like I think if someone just reads much and they read in solitary and they don't have an outlet to actually talk to someone, about it, I, I think that would fuel more reading from them if they said, "Okay, I've got someone to engage yeah. on the, with about this." When, um, and just the simple act of you know, you're talking earlier, Aaron, about getting stuck in an echo chamber. Yeah. When you talk to somebody about a book, the one of the great experiences is like, oh, if you like that one, you might like this one. You should check that out. The number of times that we've done that on this podcast, where I mean, all yeah. of us have have one of us has recommended a book to the other two. The other two have read it and been like, "Yep, you were right." And then some another recommendation comes up, and it and it builds the. It just sort of enhances and expands the whole reading sort of universe in that way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, I was trying to look it up. I can't oh, remember okay. the quote, but uh, the main character in High Fidelity again. Rob. Rob. Thank you, Rob. But I know I love, their, of course, their discussions in the record shop. But most of all, it's about, you know, it's the, the fact that, like, I, I, uh, I think it was some just relationship in general and just friendship. Like, I just know about, like... Who you are and what you like, right? It's yeah, it's, yeah it, does, like. it doesn't matter. Like, and, I and, keep, I'm, it's been a little while. Since I know, I'm, but, but I'm whole, trying the point to is, this. it's it's about it's about sharing things that we both like together. Yeah, exactly. That's what connects people because that's what makes conversation interesting. Yeah, what you're like is is basically less and, important. Than, and it's different than, what than like. just saying I need that for a cocktail conversation. Uh-huh. I need this because this also gives me insight into who you are, which is that deeper layer, and that's what's fascinating because. I do love it when a friend asks me legitimately, or even a guy to another will ask me legitimately, like, what am I reading? I'm like, okay, like, are you doing it because you know I like reading, or like, do you really want to know kind of what's stirring in me mm-hmm. in that? Because uh, I, I, I'm wondering the same thing in you, but I have to first establish, are you a reader? Yeah. You know, and uh, which, going back to high fidelity, you become very judgmental, and that's the whole yeah. point. It is, yep. it is I am judgmental about it, absolutely. If yeah. you're saying I love... The Shack is my favorite novel. I'm like, all right, well, I'm done. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we're done here. But, you know, you get the idea. Yeah, I, think, I mean, it's it's not dissimilar from, like, TV shows. Yeah. You know, you talk to somebody yes. and they're like, you know, NCIS is my favorite show. You're like, really? You know? Yes. You're going to have to find other common ground because yes. that ain't yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now shows are different because they're just there's a different level of sort of depth and, and intellect yeah. and whatever that goes into those. But yeah, I'd say we always do that. I think we ask somebody yeah. what they like and they answer and you're like, well, move yeah. on. <laughs> our, our, our team at work, same thing. Like when we're interviewing someone, oh, absolutely. I want to know what you're watching, what you're reading. I want to know all this things because that, like, at the end of the day, are we really going to connect? Because right. that's ultimately what's going to make us a better team. Um, because if you like something so bizarre, I'm not saying you can't be a good book marketer. I just mean like at the end of the day, it's about how we all And it can go both ways. It can be like sort of the super dumb popular, like the super esoteric. Yes. It's like, man, all I really watch is like documentaries about whatever. I'm like the the planting of this uh, this Asian iris. And you're like, but but you know what? what? When they do that too, it's also (laughs) saying, I don't want to invite you into that world. That, you know, there's kind of a little bit of that saying, yeah. like, it's so indie awesome that, like, that you can't be a I don't think you understand. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. You're right. I wouldn't. You're right. I don't want to. Right. Yeah. And I got to go. I yeah. got to things. I got to get out of here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Speaking of got to go and got to get out of here, why don't we wrap this thing up? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um, so, guys, do we uh, do we want to share a little bit about uh, what we're reading? Do we have a punch in the face? Uh, yeah, punch it, yeah. Mm. We didn't. We haven't done the sucker punch in uh, in a couple episodes. Yeah. Who needs to be punched in the face this week? Oh, well, maybe this guy who wrote the cat book. Friends. There's lots of them, though. That's the thing. They're all over the place. I mean, I texted you guys while I was yeah. at the uh, conference. I think there's a lot of cat books out there. I found them all. Thank you. Uh, yes. No, the, but they're like actually to buy nine suitcases to get stuff home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So fun. Well, let's see. Oh, sucker punch. The there's a character in the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, yeah. So Elizabeth Salander is the yeah. one of the protagonists. Yes. And she has a, a legal guardian who assaults her in a really heinous way. And yeah. he is now she gets her she gets her revenge, but that doesn't make the bad things go away. Right. Yeah. He he deserves far worse than a punch in the face. To be fair, he gets his in the later book. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, but they've been out for 15 years. Yeah. But I think his name is Bloomquist. Yes, I mm. think so. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of Scandinavian names in these books that sound strikingly similar, but I is it Bloomquist or is no, that the good the guy? Main, he's the, he's the, the good, good guy. guy. He's the good guy. Okay. Nevertheless, I saw the guy you're talking about in another movie, and he's like a really nice yeah. guy in it. I can't I can't so concentrate. I'll, yeah. I'll dig up his name, yeah. but he is the, yeah. the the lawyer who's the legal guardian of Elizabeth Salander, and he's yeah. the worst. He uses his power. In, yes. Yeah, you can imagine, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, that, that's a pretty strong one right there. Boy, I, I, I haven't read the novel. I did see that movie. Why, why did, did the movies, did that movie did not do that well. And we talked about this last episode. Yeah, yeah. That movie did not do well. No. And thus, like, because I figured they were going to make all three or whatever it was. And they just there's ended up not doing yeah, it. several yeah. books in that series. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a good one there, right there. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty strong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> was it Bierman? Sure. I think that was it. Sure. Bierman, advocate Bierman is what they call them. Mm. That's the that's the fancy, advocate, advocate fancy word for lawyer. All right, oh, so advocate right. Bierman. That's pretty good. You get the Jack Reacher sucker punch of the week. There we go. Yeah, and I approve, then, I approve then, of that. Then we curb stomp you. So, all right, got a little, got a little aggressive, but he deserved it. <laughs> he yeah. Did. yeah. <laughs> what are you guys reading? Um, I'm reading um, with the kids audiobook in the car. Uh, the Daniel file. No, I'm sorry. The Genius Files. Yes. Daniel Diet. No. Yeah, the Daniel oh, died. No. Yes, Daniel Plan. Thank you. That's Which, right. Which, by the way, this says something about the Christian book you, industry. Here's yeah. here's a, here's a new game we should play. Okay, we give a slightly incorrect title to a terrible Christian book and watch Dave instinctively correct us because he knows. <laughs> I said Daniel died, which is a thing, here's, but it's a thing within the book, and he's like, no, no, it's the Daniel Plan. Oh, and I'm just going to say what it is. Yeah, Rick Warren and some other Daniel dude wrote the Daniel Plan. Was it, it some won. TV doctor, Doctor Oz? No, no. It was but a, it, it was a, it was a pop doctor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but in in hell, Doctor no. people at Saddleback, so they write a book thing, whatever. <laughs> but it wins Christian Book of the Year from ECPA, and I thought I, I sat there like, huh? So this is what it's come to. This is, Absolutely, <laughs> the Tim Tebow one, but then yes. Like, Look, the, the book of the year never has to do with the quality of the book, and we all know this. The yeah. ECPA book of the year is an award. It used to. It's really an award yeah. for litmus test of the crap people are reading. Yes. <laughs> okay? It's not an award yeah. for best yeah. book of the year. Right. 
So what happens when Barnabas wins oh, this man. award? You know what? You're right. What what does happen? Are you familiar with the phrase hell freezing over? Barnabas <laughs> 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 like, that's it. Yep, there we that, go. I think that would actually encourage me to stop writing books for Christians. Okay. Yeah, they would say, like, wow, I've been You'd be like, all right, I've reached the pinnacle. Now it's time to what, what climb a new world, mountain. What would the world have come to? What would I have come to to write that book? Like, yeah, I should probably give up. There you for go. Real. So what are you reading? No, I'm sorry, you got interrupted. Yeah, You're not reading The Daniel Plan. It's something else, Daniel. It, oh, no, no, it's, it's The Genius, genius Files. Files. It's oh, a fun okay. kid's book. Yeah, it's, uh, there's like three or four books in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, the kids love it. Genius I, Files. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I am about to start reading. Did I say about correctly or did I say it like a Canadian? You always say it like a Canadian. Okay. Sorry. About. Beach. Sorry, guys. Beach. Sorry, everybody. All right. Um, I am going to be reading a book called Dodger by Terry Pratchett in a little while. It is about a, it is this weird, like, um, Oliver Twist-ish book. But the character actually meets Sweeney Todd, Charles Dickens, um, and a calculating uh, politician, and the calculating politician Benjamin Disraeli. Really? So, yes. So um, who's Sweeney Todd again? He's the he's a killer, right? Mur- yeah, he's a murderer. He's like a butcher. Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. It's uh, Johnny Depp. Yes, that's right. <laughs> just Johnny Depp, just in general. So like, wait, I thought he was Jack Sparrow. Same thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's, Jack Sparrow was just a slightly less horrific Sweeney Todd. Yep, yeah, that's it. right. Okay, so yeah, I so understand. I'm going to be starting that one. It's all coming together, and it's going to be great. Got it. What was that one called? Uh, Dodger. Dodger. Yes. That sounds intriguing. Yeah, Terry Pratchett is a really fun writer. He is. He is, or was, um, a very odd individual with a sense of humor. He what died his, He died in 2015. What was his most popular book? Uh, well, his whole series was uh, Discworld, and that was, and so they were just kind of these absurdist fantasy books that were a lot of fun and all, and really, really strange. Gotcha. Yeah, so. So I am finishing up the books that I mentioned earlier, the Millennium Trilogy by Steve Larson. Um, but the book, the act, like a book that I'm actually reading that I haven't mentioned previously, it's a little tiny book called The Mark of the Christian by Francis Schaeffer. Okay. It's probably like 70 pages, which means I should be done with it, but I read like five pages at a time. Right. Schaefer's a dense writer. Hmm. I'm sorry. His writing is dense. He's yes. Really dense. <laughs> he, was, he was very clear-headed. Um, but it's, it's a book just basically about what sets apart a genuine Christian from the world. And he has a way of putting his finger on some, like, some very explicit statements that Christ makes and going... It's all right here. We just we just choose to ignore it, and then he like he really. It's very convicting and very very helpful. So the mark of the Christian by Shaker. Cool, I like it. That's great. That's great. All right, well guys, thanks for chatting about uh, all kinds of crazy about a boot beat. I'm getting tired. I'm sounding more Canadian to me. Uh, so yeah, so thanks for chatting, uh, listeners. Thanks for listening to this rather random episode. Um, we hope it was fun for you. It kind of came together toward the end, maybe. Um, Total less strong Paul. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you know, leave your glowing five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. This is an area code podcast.